It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use for, well, February 29th, 2024. It's a leap year, ladies and gentlemen, from Car Edge with your host, me, Ray, promoting the Montreal Jazz Festival, and Zach, promoting uh, hoodies, I suppose. Promoting hoodies, man. (laughs) Someone's someone's got to do it, Pops. All right. Every once in a while, folks, we get real industry insiders on the show. Super grateful to welcome Dan LaGrange from Key Auto Group. Dan, I'll pop you right there. For those who aren't familiar, Dan, do you mind introducing yourself to the channel? Yeah. Hey, my name is Dan LaGrange. I'm the COO of the Key Auto Group, centralized out of New Hampshire. We also have some stores in the south as well as heading on to the west. So we're a large scaling auto group. Dan, it's always great to have you here with us. Um, Pops, I'll let you jump in in just a second. I will let everyone know that Dan and his group are one of the groups that we work with back at CarEdge.com. So we have a really awesome and innovative experience that you can have there. So if you were to scroll to the next one that's about to slide up, Dan and his team have been great working with us to get these Chevy tracks, for example, into customers' hands. And I encourage everyone, if you don't want to purchase through CarEdge, I don't see why you wouldn't. You can also just check out Dan's website, Key Auto. Dot com. But Pops, I'll toss it to you first. We want to get Dan's pulse on the market. What's going through your head? Well, the first thing I wanted to say is that Dan looks like the filling in a chef's sandwich. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, you know, February is usually a slow month. Dan, did it live up to its uh, history or or is this February better than most Februarys? No, I'd say it's pretty standard all in all. Typically, the kickoff of selling season is after President's Day. Um, we're seeing a lot of used car demand, likely from tax returns hitting, uh, but new cars definitely leaving something to be desired. Gotcha. Uh, do you, are, are you thrilled to have an extra day this month, or do you really not care? <laughs> I, I mean, it's definitely nice to have. We're, we're chasing. It's just a good thing we do, because it would have been a pretty sorry month otherwise. Gotcha. Let's. Let's talk about that used versus new card piece of the puzzle. Dan, this week we've been talking about one of the big stories we actually touched on was Jeep's CEO, new international CEO, coming out and saying, hey, we're going to start cutting back prices on some of our vehicles. We've seen Ford and other OEMs also do MSRP reductions, like literally reissue invoices which we and reissue Monroni labels, which we find fascinating. I know there's a, a big demand on used cars, though. What are you seeing on that front? Because we've continued to see downward pressure on prices at the wholesale auctions. But are you seeing lower prices on your lots or, or are cars still commanding a high price on the used car side of things? Yeah, used cars are becoming challenging because we definitely saw a demand spike come in, which is kind of what we thought was going to happen last time we spoke. And it did. The hard thing now is we can't replace a lot of these cars. There's no lease returns coming in. So I worry that unless manufacturers really put out some strong rebates over the next couple of months, used car prices are really going to start ticking up. So the easiest way around that is manufacturers step up, drive in more new car demand, and let kind of the used car market continue to soften, which would help the customer a lot. When, when you say you'd like to see uh, more incentives from the, uh, from the manufacturers, what type of incentives do you think would actually move the needle the way you think the needle needs to be moved? I remember when COVID first came out um, at that time, I uh, strictly remember uh, the Explorers going 0% for 84 months. I'm not saying that's coming back, but I think that would uh, definitely incentivize customers, even if they did a 299 interest rate at 84 months. It's just, it's the payment. At the end of the day, the customers aren't buying a total out the door price. Maybe 10% of customers, probably less than that, actually care. They're buying a payment they can afford. And right now, almost everything's not affordable. 
So as a dealer, when you see that, um, that, and and you know, as well as I do that probably about 94% of all customers are payment buyers. Uh, I love you always, you always swap that out. Some days it's 96, some days it's 94. (laughs) No, it's always been 94. You know, I, I usually say it's 84, 85 based on statistics from Cox, but Based on real, real world, and Dan lives in this world, it is, it is probably about 94% of his customers that are only concerned with what their payment's going to be at the end of the month. That's all they care about. That's, that's what allows a vehicle to be affordable. So having said that, low interest rates help cash incentives plus low interest rates help and then how how aggressive do you guys have to be as a dealer group um to be able to make sure that you're discounting the products enough to to get to an affordable payment for the customers yeah that's one thing i wanted to touch on today is you know obviously there's a lot of greed in the car industry and everybody's been talking about the last four years but in reality if you look at where dealerships health-wise are sitting right now it's actually worse than pre-covid um so the returns aren't there so the dealerships themselves and what they're giving to the customer is essentially all of it so that's why i push back on the manufacturers because Mm -hmm. dealers don't have any more to give for the most part um there's there's obviously different dealers that run their businesses different ways um, but the deals that customers are getting are strong from the dealership standpoint. The manufacturer has to do what they can do as well. May, may I ask one more question before Zach has some questions for you? Do you think there's any tre- truth or validity in this statement that the manufacturers are oversupplying you with vehicles, not supplying you with large enough incentives with the hope of of driving a a percentage of dealers out of business so that they can have fewer points um, and and perhaps eventually move to a, a consumer direct selling model? No, I don't think so at all because they offered buyouts when those things happened. So I happened to sell my Buick stores. We had the option, every dealer, um, it was best for our business to sell them and they paid us for it. So I don't think they want to put the squeeze on dealers. I think they're trying to navigate the new the new economy that we're in and they're just a little bit late to react um and now you're seeing Stellantis really step up and react quickly which everyone probably should have done three to six months ago gotcha look at those hard-hitting questions look at you pops i love that Uh, you know i was just curious you know but you know even even though the manufacturer offers to buy back points you know and 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 many dealers and, and you took advantage of it with buick that still means that there's fewer Buick points out there so that at a certain point in time, you know, they might be able to say, it's just not viable to have Buick dealers. Let's just make Buick a consumer direct consumer to direct brand. Just I think there would so be a much. lot of challenges yeah. with that. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot more into it. And Tesla sees a lot of that. How do you give your best service? How are you there for your customers? Um, I, I see the dealership staying around. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but it, you know, our service departments are packed every single day. 
I, I yeah, tend I, to agree with you, but you know me, I have to play devil's advocate every now and then. <laughs> so let's jump back to the used cars for a moment. So you mentioned, Dan, something that's super interesting, which is lease returns. So if I'm not mistaken, we're, we're beginning to come up on what should be an anniversary of sorts. We're two, two and a half years post the beginning of the pandemic. People who took out new leases should be returning those. And I think the market has changed. I mean, we, we see it like the, the lease equity positions have declined significantly from last year already so far this year. So is there a little light at the end of the tunnel there where hopefully customers are coming in and doing lease returns or because of the fact that what was it pops 18, 19 million new cars weren't produced during the pandemic? That light at the end of the tunnel is maybe more of a mirage or an illusion. Like there's just not enough new cars to, to feed uh, to feed the used car market. Like what's your outlook on used car, you know, the used car market and used car prices? Yeah, right now, um, it, it's a challenge. If there isn't a change now, we're going to have a shortage of used cars again. There's no lease um, leases coming in, and everyone bought their leases out over the last four years. So we're trying to retain those customers. We're trying to call them to come back in, um, but they may have a three ninety nine payment on their lease buyout, and the new lease we'd give them is five forty. That that just doesn't work in their budget. Um, so I think it all really rolls right back to the manufacturer. They need to come out with lease specials. We need to get these people in new cars or we're going to have a real challenge on our hands. Do There's you, a real cycle there. Yeah, go for it, Pops. Do you think that, that three and a half, four years ago, uh, manufacturers made a uh, made a big mistake when they pushed incentives towards 0% financing for 84 months as opposed to uh, pushing incentives towards leasing, which brings customers back every three years, as opposed to burying somebody in an 84-month note so that they can't come back in three years? I, I think that's a hard question to answer because they just had their most profitable time ever over the last five years. So which lens are you viewing it through? Yes, it hurt me, and it's going to hurt them in the future, but their shareholders have been pretty happy over the last four years or so. Um, so I think it's just about adjusting quickly now and kind of managing how we can manage. Gotcha. I do think we're going to see a push though from the OEMs. My, my two cents, my uneducated two cents is you will see a push for, uh, for leasing again because of the, I, I can't imagine Dan, you're the only one when you're talking to, you know, the, the, the OEMs that is voicing this concern. And I think as we continue to see a stockpile for certain brands of inventory, and, and I even, I don't know if I shared this with you, Dan, but. Our Toyota dealer partner told us that in their zone, or in their region, excuse me, their allocation, the incoming allocation is double what their previous allocation was. And that's for a Toyota dealer in the middle of the states. And so it's not even just Stellantis. I mean, it's the whole whole industry is getting an influx of inventory, which is great. And if it's sitting around, and if and most people, what was it, Dad? 92%? What was 94, it? 94. 94% of people are payment buyers. I think you're going to see really attractive lease programs starting to crop their crop up and, and and be pushed. I mean, we see it a little bit even with the tracks, Dan, like the tracks that we're pushing. Sure, if someone wanted to get an OTD, you could have an under $25,000 Chevy tracks. But what sells is $375 a month payment. And, you know, maybe you could finance it for 84 months and get there too. But I bet you a lot of people lease it because of that. So yeah. I'm curious your take on that. Do you think we'll see lease programs really, really get pushed here to try and uh, try and try and help move move cars? Yeah, and I know it's always doom and gloom, like there's so many vehicles around, but this is the best thing for the consumer that could have happened. You know, now that there's an abundance of inventory, they need to get moved off the lots, whether that's by the dealer, manufacturer, or a little bit of both. Um, so I think leases are going to come back really strong. I think the lower interest rates are going to prevail. 
And I think that we're going to get back on track to selling a lot more new cars. It's just everybody's holding out for that last minute. But there won't be much holding out after this month. Do, do you do you see most of your uh, factory partners uh, making a decision to produce more lower-priced vehicles as opposed to just the higher-priced ones that they have been pushing for the last three and a half years? Yeah, General Motors made that big push towards the track. So, and then I would almost say, I wouldn't say they overproduce them, but there's plenty of supply of them to ensure that everyone can get one. So they're going more for that volume and less for the $100,000 vehicles, which they have over the last four years. I mean, before four years ago, you rarely saw 100,000 MSRP. That was like, you know, once a year. Now it's once a week. <laughs> it is crazy how normalized that's become. I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. I think the the moves that Jeep are making, for example, are indicative of that realization. Like, oh, we can produce a hundred and twenty thousand dollar Wagoneer, but is that really where our customers want to be? Or damn, we actually did a bunch of research breaking down the price uh, changes. So Jeep's average transaction price has gone up sixty one percent in the past five years. And when you start to break that down by particular models, it's it's. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's a little bit asinine how expensive some of the high trim level. Like you can buy almost a hundred thousand dollar Wrangler. Like maybe there are a few people out there, but those are definitely not the vehicles that the masses are are uh, are, are jumping on. And it actually leads me to one other question for you. We talk all the time on this channel and over on the main car edge channel about floor plan, about one of the driving factors for dealerships that that help influence how they how they operate. Um, can you talk a little bit, I mean, as, as deep as, as you're willing to go about floor plan in this environment? So as inventory is building up and interest rates are expensive, is that something that influences your inventory management and how you approach running your running your dealerships? Yeah, absolutely. So floor plan credits come in when the vehicle is invoiced. So that might be anywhere from two weeks to four weeks before the vehicle actually drops on the lot. Um, and then it essentially goes to zero by day 67. So if you keep no vehicles over 67 days, you're, you're in the money. But as you see vehicles on lot, you see a lot, 100 days, 150 days. Um, so that's just eating in the dealer's pocket. So it, it absolutely is important to get back to that velocity type turn and keep vehicles moving off the lot quickly. Makes sense. Do you see, do you see a lot of your competitors um, not being willing to do that? I missed that question. What was that? Do you see a lot of your competitors not being not being willing to do that? Where they just they would rather sit on their inventory for whatever reason rather than than utilize the velocity approach of of getting getting rid of it quickly and <clears throat> utilizing floor plan assistance as a profit center. I think there's a mix and match. I think there's all sorts of dealerships. I would say most of them are getting on that train of moving cars out because it's just getting too expensive. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, these guys run businesses and they're, they're not dummies to be in their position and, and own multi-million dollar franchises. So the, everybody tried to hold out, but most people are kind of coming along and saying, we need to move some cars now. It's good yeah, to hear. Makes a, lot, makes a lot of sense. I want to pull up a comment that came through in the chat. And Dan, we know you've got... You mentioned it yourself, multi-million dollar franchises. I think you oversee more than one or two of them. So we want to be respectful of your time. I do have a comment here from Ray that I think is super interesting. Can you find out why Ford has parked 10,000 Ford F-150s at Michigan Motor Speedway in the last two weeks? Is there something wrong with them? Are they missing a chip or what? I think, I'm, I, I don't know the answer. I will just preface this. I don't know the answer. My, my hunch here is that it's not chip shortage related. We saw, oh man, you remember Dirt Mountain for Ford with the Broncos? Um, they literally had... 
and then turned into Ice Mountain when it when it got cold. But they had thousands of vehicles sitting around waiting for for semiconductor chips so that they could be you know, fully produced and sent off to dealer partners. We were telling a lot of people to check the, uh, the the door jam to see when the vehicle was actually produced when you went to buy that new Ford Bronco. I don't think that's what's causing 10,000 Ford F-150s to be sitting around at Michigan Motor Speedway. I wonder if it's just overproduction that Ford can't get allocated out quite yet. Like dealers are saying, no, let us sell off some of what we currently have. And the reason I'm saying that, Dan and Pops, is because Ford's got 1.2% financing on the F-150s for 72 months right now. So I think that's a sign that they have a few too many of them in the market. And you know, maybe uh, maybe the dealer partners aren't quite ready to, to take on that inventory. I'm curious if, uh, if, if, if either of you buy into my hypothesis here. Dan, I'll let you go first. Um, I don't know anything about those 10,000 F-150s. What I can state is this is the first time I've seen in the last five years dealerships actually saying no to inventory and passing on inventory. And there was thousands of vehicles in the New England area that were passed up from other dealerships. I don't want to get into specifics or brands or anything else, but yeah. it was the first time that I've seen it in a very long time. And I think it's because dealers do not want to hold this inventory. It could have something to do with that, or it could be as simple as something as simple as a, a part shortage, something yeah. that's just on constraint. If 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 I, I were if I were to guess, Zach, I, yeah. I think it's the fact that they have all those 2023s that they need to move and they want their dealers to move. And those 10,000 F-150s that are sitting there are 2024s. Could be that. I mean, I will share one thing. I was talking to a Ford dealer that's in the Car Edge network behind the scenes. It was maybe six months ago or four months ago. I went to them and said, hey, we've got customers interested in a Ford Raptor. What's the best you can do? And they're like, look, we don't have one. They're commodity constrained. If we did a dealer swap for one, we're paying $5,000 over sticker just to swap one in. So tell the customer it's 5000 over sticker. I'm like, oh my God, that sucks. We had another customer come in just yesterday saying, hey, I want to order a Ford F-150 Raptor. I called the dealer. I said, hey, are you still 5000 over? And they're like, 5000 What are you talking No, we're at MSRP. We might even go below. It. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I hear you. I got you. So times have definitely, uh, times have definitely changed. That's, that's for sure. Um, I do, again, want to remind everyone, Dan's with Key Auto Group. If you're interested in learning more about Key Auto Group, Key Auto com big group that Dan oversees a portion of, and Kia is one of our partners back behind the scenes at CarEdge.com. So when we're talking about skipping the dealership and buying a car with CarEdge, we have an incredible network of dealers like Dan and others who are able to uh, cut through all the noise, really cut through all the noise and make the experience as simple as possible. So if you're interested in a vehicle, please, please, please check out CarEdge.com and, and we'll be able to fulfill and make that experience as easy as possible. Dan, before we let you get back to your busy day, do you have any parting thoughts or shots for us about what's going on in the market, your business, things along those lines that might be interesting for our community? Um, I think I touched on it. It's really just, you know, the deals are there. You just have to shop. And you guys really give really good advice on the best ways to do shopping. Um, and then, you know, the EVs right now, the Lyrics were a very, very hot model when they first came out, and we have a lot of them. So if anyone's in the market for a Lyric, uh, Car Edge Special only, we'll do $10,000 off MSRP. Whoa. Well, that's there's there's some breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. folks. I did. I love that. Holy cow. Those Lyrics are cool looking, man, but they are, they yeah. are a little mm -hmm. on the expensive may, side. May, so may, it, may. And that's 17000 off with the tax credit. So it's 10000 real discount. May I ask one last question? Of course. Is the heat not working where you are? <laughs> it, is, it was actually really cold this morning, and we had wind like crazy. So winter came back, surging in New England. 
Just curious. <laughs> Definitely, Dan. Well, Dan, thanks as always for sharing your insights with us. Thank you for being a partner behind the scenes uh, with us at Car Edge. And uh, hopefully you have a strong march where we're definitely going to try and help you all out. You guys are great partners and your insights uh, are really valued. Thank you, Dan, for being here. Enjoy the day and uh, all the best. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thanks again, yeah. Dan. Yeah, we got to get all of our partners on, man, because we just learned so much. You yes. Know? Um, it's just here. It's it, honestly, it's hearing a lot of the same things we talk about from another voice, but they're the ones that are managing the day to day of it. Yes, which is really insightful to see. Yeah. Yes, and 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 what's truly insightful, um, hmm. at least my takeaway at the moment is that you know lyrics were really hot when they first came out, and when they first came out was what six eight weeks ago. Um, yeah. And and now, now that the initial um, fervor over the lyric has has kind of worn off 10 grand discount plus the federal tax credit um that's some pretty sizable savings um man yeah um you know i there's a there's a good friend of the channel manual who um who recently picked up his new lyric and i don't think he got 10 grand off because he got it when it first came out so there you have it uh the Cadillac Lyric, ten grand off on, on their uh, on their new EV. Pretty pretty amazing. Or as, as somebody once said, inconceivable. It's absolutely inconceivable. Hundred percent, man. Absolutely wild. All right, we've got a new segment on the Car Edge or Rain Zach show, I should say. And that segment is shout outs from the community. If you want to have a shout out on the show, just email me Zach Z A C H at Car Edge. Dot com. All right, Pops, we've got one here. Um, this is from Bryce. He says, if you need paintless dent repair, so this is going to become an ad section, evidently. If you need paintless <laughs> dent repair in yes. Brevard County, Florida, contact Dent Force Paintless Dent Repair. Thanks, Zach. Watch your show and a couple others to keep up with the dealer trends as you help us with expected volume. The dealer used volume has dropped dramatically in the last couple of weeks, and you can see the dealers and salespeople are struggling to keep up with their massive profits per deal. We've been doing paintless dent repair in this area for over 24 years. It's definitely going downhill, hopefully back to 2019 prices. So that was a shout out and yes. an interesting comment from a community member. There you go. Uh, this and is a and they're, in, they're in Broward County, you said? Brevard, Brevard. Brevard County, okay. I think that's how you pronounce it, correct? Uh, I don't know. What's the, how's it spelled? B-R-E-V-A-R-D? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would probably be Brevard as opposed to Broward, which is a different county, I suppose. Yep, yep, yep. All right, we've also got here, Pops, we've got from uh, Jim Consiglio. Hello, guys. My wife, Wilhelmina, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, and my cousin Charles are big fans. Wilhelmina. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Um, for 23 years for Toyota North America, at one time my office was at the uh, was the Lexus Eastern Area office in Parsnip, sorry, Parsippany, Parsippany, New Jersey. Keep up the great work. Again, if you want to shout out on the show, you can simply send it to me, Zach Z A C H. Yeah, and then here you've got Susanna said you really shouldn't advertise for free unless you can vouch for them. Yeah, or if they paid us, Susanna. Or if they, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, but even if they paid us, we'd want to vouch for the fact that they're actually as good as they say they might be. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um. Anyway, simply wanted to to give some love there. So, Dad, what do you make of everything we learned from Dan? Do you really think that the the next month, March, will be a big month of incentives and and the continued car market flip? That's kind of my takeaway. But I'm curious what you think. Well, you know, I, I've 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 chatted with you for the last 
four plus years. And I've and I have we even you, talked before this show, yeah. Yes. And I've let you know over that time that either January or February will be the slowest sales month of the year. Can't tell you which one it'll be, but it'll be one of those two months. Always is, always has been, always will be. Um, yeah. And it's because of two major reasons. One is they've pulled so many January potential January customers into December with yeah. year-end sales. And so those people who would have bought in January have already bought. And the other reason is weather. It is the worst possible weather month uh, for most dealerships. So manufacturers, even though there is some manufacturer support, some incentives in January and February, they're not going to be nearly as strong as they typically are in March and April to help spur the spring selling season as we as the country thaws out from the cold weather. So with inventories building up, with history suggesting that that um, incentives are higher in March and April, yeah, I suspect that that we're going to see some substantial increases in in incentives uh, starting uh, either tomorrow or probably yeah. Monday. Yeah, um, Monday. Yeah, but that's that's what we're going to see happen. Uh, you, you know, the dealers are dealers are turning down inventory. Well, the last thing manufacturers want are their dealers to turn down inventory. Uh, so. If they're did turning you, down, did you ever turn down? Did you ever turn down inventory when you were running a store? Absolutely, absolutely. Gotcha. You know they they might have wanted to, you know I I might have been selling uh, one and a half TLs a day. Okay, so I you know I I would turn forty five TLs in a month. They might want to you know when inventory started building up, they might have wanted to replace those forty five with 65 or 70 as things were starting to slow down. Well, I tracked my inventory on a daily basis. I tracked my turn rate on a daily basis. I knew where I stood. Well, yeah. if you know where you stand and you can see that there's a slowdown, uh, you don't want to replace the 45 with 65 or 70. You want to replace the 45 with well, maybe 45 or 40. So, yeah, there were times where I had to say to them, "No, can't take them. Don't need them." Um, you know that you can't you can't give us enough floor plan assistance to get us to take them. So, yeah. and and you know, if you're Stellantis, for example, you know that your dealers are hurting. They're yeah. th at this point, they are mad as hell at you, the manufacturer. And they want to see sizable incentives to compel customers to come in and buy those products again. So, yeah, I think you're going to see incentives shoot way up. Um, is it is it going to make the stuff cheap enough for people to buy? I don't know. For some but, people, yeah, it'll make it more attractive. Yes, yes. But the one thing for sure is if they leave the incentives where they have been, 
they already know that's not compelling enough to get people to buy. So yeah, they're, they're going to do something. And, and whether it's enough or not, it'll be a move that is more consumer friendly than what it has been. We're going to jump to our favorite segment of the show here in just a moment. But before we do, I need to remind everyone today, although I think we're actually running it through Monday of next week, but today is the last yeah. day of the month. It's the end of our end of month promotion. But again, I think it's running through Monday of next week. You can save $150 on a vehicle service contract, colloquially referred to as an extended warranty, as well as 20% off all the various Car Edge services, with the exception of our concierge broker service. Um, we obviously are now partnering with dealers behind the scenes. It is a totally different experience, gang, than going to a dealership to buy a car. Car Edge handles everything on your behalf. So Toyota RAV4 is $1,000 below MSRP. Mazda CX-50 is 1.9% financing through cars. The Chevy Trax. We've got attractive rates and prices, prices, excuse me, with our dealer partners. So please go check it out. CarEdge.com. End of month for us is an important time as we continue to build our business. And we appreciate everyone. May I, ask our, may I ask our audience a question? We had a suggestion from a, a, an audience member, um, Snow Rocket. And Snow Rocket's suggestion was that, that uh, perhaps we do some meet and greets around the country. And his suggestion was that we should do a meet and greet where um, the people could come in and actually watch us do the live show live. We would do the live show with an audience, and then oh, we could do it. Nerve wracking. And then we, why? You know, just block them out. And then, and then we could do a question and answer session. We could do a. I question never wear pants for these though, so it'd be so strange to you know. Yeah, but they might like the fact that you don't wear pants. I don't know. Um, yes. So so would there be an interest if we came to, I don't know, occasionally came to some city, um, tried to set something up where we could do a live show uh, from a, a venue in that city um, with an audience, maybe do a meet and greet prior to the show, a question and answer session, either during or after the show, would would anybody out there like us to do that? You never asked me if I wanted to do that, but that is an interesting idea. I think it's an interesting idea. Well, oh, this know, maybe, is, I'll, uh, maybe I'll do a solo show. You know, From Fly Molo, I have gone from liking these guys to hating them in a month. I'm sorry. Don't hate us. Okay. Hate us. Well, you know, we well, if that's the case, then we have gone from thinking very highly of you to thinking a little less of you now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know if that's interesting to you. I don't know. I think that could be uh, could be interesting, but also, uh, yeah, I don't know. Possibly pops. Possibly, we'll we'll see. We'll see what. Well, the, well what the, I, I think the beauty of my ask is that it 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 shows to the audience that we don't really kind of discuss this stuff before we go on the air. And you know, I just want to get a gauge for whether or not people would be interested, and if they are, then. You know, if there's a way to figure out how to do it, then, uh, you know, my suggestion would be let's let's try and figure out how to do it. If there is no interest, then we got nothing to figure out. <laughs> hey, let's save let's save that really got became for tomorrow's show. We'll queue it okay. up for tomorrow. Pops, let's call it a show. Thanks for the suggestion and the idea. We'll see what the response is. I hope you enjoy the day. Thank you again to Dan for being a part of today's show as Absolutely. well. And if we can help you out, caredge.com. Please don't lose sight of all the free things, the community forum, deal school, et cetera. 
you'll take advantage of those as well. Dad, I love you very much. I can't wait to see you this weekend. And before that, I look forward yeah, to doing Yeah, me this too. I'm tomorrow. looking forward. I am, I am truly looking forward to uh, hanging out with you and Laura and Dara and her Zach, um, uh, both Saturday and Sunday. And uh, yeah, you know, not that I like making a pilgrimage to uh, Washington DC once a month, but it is, it seems as if I, if I want to see you kids, it's going to be on me to go down there rather than you kids saying, Hey, why, why don't we get together and go see dad? Uh, <laughs> You're the one who lives at the Jersey Shore in the winter, man. I can't help you with that. Oh, so are you saying you'd come visit in the summer? Yeah, I'll definitely come to the beach. In the okay, summer. cool. <laughs> come on. We'll catch you all tomorrow. Love you, Pops. Yeah, love you too. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>